Ja. You guys are always aggressive on the float. <coughs> float. Throat clearing. I'm asthma, okay? Just leave me alone. <laughs> Sport-induced hey. sport asthma. Yeah. Hey, um, before we start. Yeah. I legitimately just got this text message one minute ago. Mm. That my house has officially been settled and I now own Brisbane. Yay! <laughs> Congrats, how good. That's so exciting. Oh yeah, crazy. So how long now until like you can move in, you get the keys? How I've forgotten. I've like blacked out that um, whole process. Well, I don't know if we get the keys now or not, because it's it's occupied. Yeah. But they move out on the eighteenth. Yeah. So we'll be moving out on the nineteenth. Yay! That's, that's so, oh how exciting. Yeah. I um I never ever 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 thought I would own my own house. Really? Just because, like, you didn't really care to, or no, I, I never it's thought that. Business, right? Like, well, going back to like when I was like twenty and twenty-one, like I, there was a point. I think it was like three or four weeks where I was homeless, and like I was like sleeping in my friends' houses. Yeah, I'd be like spend a week at this guy's house, and then he's like, Look, uh, "We need our chat." Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were gonna move out soon. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I only had like a little part-time job and. Didn't have any money, and I was like, couldn't even afford rent. And you know, single bedroom apartments are quite expensive. Yeah, they're not cheap. Um, and ever since that, like it was like you know, very early on, like 2001 or 2002, I'm like, oh man, I'm never going to be able to own a house, or even a brand new car for that matter. Yeah, that's true. But um, yes, it just settled. Very exciting. So much excitement. <laughs> yes. I know. All the big things happening. Yeah? I know. I feel like such an adult these days, and like. I still, I don't know about you guys, you're still young, so don't, you don't count. Um, he owned a house before me. <laughs> he owned a house before me. But I feel, I still feel like physically and mentally, I am 23, 24 years old. And then someone asks me, well, I'm fitter and stronger and better than I was when I was 23 years old. And then someone goes, how old are you? And I say 31. And I'm like, I don't believe <coughs> the number coming out of my mouth. I'm like, I'm 31 years old and I own my own home. That's great. I know, but it's like, it's such a weird concept to think. I just I, never I saw myself people, there. Lots of people over 30 don't own homes, right? Yeah. yeah that'd be huge. Early Especially this day and age. Yeah, it's very hard. When Usher comes on, I feel like I'm 19. Yeah. yeah. And like, I can dance like I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe don't, you know? <laughs> All right. So I want to quickly talk about Murph on the weekend, guys. How mm. was it? How'd we go? You did it, Greg. So you can talk. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I shocked myself a little bit. I think it comes down to a good game plan because it's like obviously like a forty plus minute workout yeah. for me anyway. So I never hit the run too hard at the start. I came in and I did ten sets of ten on the pull ups with a little break in between, and there was a fair few people here, so I was you know just waiting for my space on the pull up rig. Do ten. And then I did uh, 200 push-ups, fives till about 150 reps. What? You held fives till 150? Yeah. And then the last 50, it was like five, three, two, quick, five, three, two. Um, and then the squats were just mundane. Keep and going. The same and don't stop moving. And then the hardest part of the run was the first <clears throat> 200 meters. And then I think I finished in like 40... Three-ish minutes. Yeah, so uncompetitioned, sure. just straight through. You said that was your fastest non-weight vest time, right? No. Second fastest. Yeah. I've done it faster. 
but um, <clears throat> I was quite chuffed. Oh, well, that's good. Having a bit of an average couple of weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. And right. how did everyone go? Um, Do we have some... any standouts? Yeah. Neg. Neg Brody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't see her because she was way in front of me. Because yeah. <laughs> she um, was running. So she did a partition. It's a non-weight vest. Yeah. Um, but uh, her first time doing Mammoth, and she finished it in 39 minutes. Yep. She was two minutes faster than Chris Brooks, who was also an absolute animal. Um, that so is insane. She, she ran real fast. She was running between. So she would do a pull-ups outside. She would run inside to do a push-up. Like, jump up from her push-ups into her first squat, and she did that every round, to the point where people in the gym were like, what is she doing? Like, how is she going that fast? It was, and she like, <clears throat> chatting, and then she did the last, so she finished, and then six minutes later, did the last lap with someone else. Because they were finishing, like, oh, I'll do the last lap with you, and then went for, <laughs> went for a run with them. Oh my god! <laughs> what a champion! It was awesome. It was probably yeah. That was probably my favorite performance of the of the day. Um, yeah, it was very yeah. cool. Chris Brooks did smash it though. He yeah. Did he do did weight vest? No. Weight no weight vest. We had two people did weight vest. Uh, Al and Timothy Tim. and Al. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that was also cool to watch because Tim was a little bit faster on the pull ups and the push ups, mm. um, but Al just hunted him down on that last run. Got in. Yeah, it was. I think Al probably had like thirty or forty squats left when Tim went on his first run. Stop. And then Al, well, obviously I didn't see the whole run, but I was kind of waiting for them to come around the corner. And I looked, I was like, oh, that person's running fast, and that's a weight vest. And here comes Al around the corner. Snuck in. A minute or two later, Tim comes in. Yeah, it was good. I think it was a, a good time, and I haven't heard too many people be because we had the public holiday on Monday <clears> as well. So yeah, it was a bit chill. I haven't had too many people be super sore all no. week. Um, at least from Murph. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was uh, another incident that <laughs> yeah, occurred on the weekend. Incident, but, um, but yeah, no, I think Murph didn't. It is such a good workout. <laughs> such a good workout. I mean, I'll never. Running's pull-ups or sharp squats. I'll never forget the time that I did it and how I felt on every single por- part, like portion of mm-hmm. that workout. It was like brutal. Although I did 300 air squats and didn't move my feet. So I stood in the same spot. Oh. And I just did my 300 air squats and then I went to run and I basically fell over. Yeah, no, you would have. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Because I was like, don't move your legs. If you move, if you walk around, you're never going to want to start again. Mm. So just go like, I was like the slowest squats you've ever seen, but it was just like one at a time. And I just like chipped away <laughs> at them and then I just went to run and my legs just didn't work. <laughs> That was fun. I should have just sat out there with a video camera and just got everyone's first couple steps. Yeah. I actually think I prefer watching people do Murph at Red Hill. Oh, Why? the hill. Because going from... Oh, my God. That the, would be so Yeah, destroying. going from the 300 air squats and then doing that run up that hill on the way back. I think it's the only time that I let people use the excuse of, yeah, but we have to run up the hill. Yeah. Because at Red Hill, everyone goes, oh, the run's harder because we run up the hill. I'm like, yeah, but you also get to run. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think post Murph is the only time you're like, yeah, that hill's a savage. Lot, a lot harder than this mile, I think. Yeah. Um, it is savage. We should do it again there one day. Yeah, that'd be good. I've still got PTSD from Minecraft. <laughs> no music, no fans. PTSD lasts a long time. Oh, that's right. That's That was when you yeah. guys went mm. crazy place. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, what did we, we're going to go through programming for next week again. So another visible week. Yeah. I like having the visible week. It's kind of like a little reward for all you guys listening along at home. Um, 
so Monday, uh, Monday we got some more squats. We had our deload squats last week. Well, this week just happening now. Yeah. Um, <coughs> we got back squats, a five, three, two, <coughs> two, and then a one. And it starts at 60% and the one's at 95%. Oof. So uh, we've got three weeks till we test. So just hitting these with some gusto is kind of what we're looking for. You're trying to make that 95% move as fast as you can. Mm. We're not looking for PBs. Yeah, you're not. If you, even if it feels good, you're not going to send up. it at the end. But, yeah. Um, we had a couple of people attempt PBs two weeks ago when we did 95% squats. Mm. Um, it's good to. How good can you, you attempt good, 90? How can you attempt a PB if you're working well, at 95%? Correct. No, correct. So I saw 95%. And I'm like, oh, I might as well go up. I'm so close to it. It felt so good. So they go up. No. Like, Best case you scenario, you should not go heavier and it should feel really easy mm -hmm. and you should feel like you could have done more. Yeah. yeah. That's the best case That's scenario I want for the day. Yeah. Worst case scenario is 95 feels like shit and you don't get it. But um, I don't want people to go 100%. And I don't yeah. want people to get that little achievement yet. No. It's not, the, the it's goal not time. is to PB by 10 kilos by the end, not by, to PB Two by kilos. 5 now and then PB by 1 then. And you or not PB yeah. in another 3 yeah. weeks time. Yeah. yeah. It just makes no sense to, <clears> to waste the three weeks of hard work we have now yeah. that's going to peak you properly for that one rep max rather than... That's why programs yeah, are important. <laughs> the volume's not that much, hey? Five, three, two, two, one. No, yeah. it's good. It's a good uh, opportunity to... to <laughs> big jumps. ...to rest. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was the hardest part is that jump from the double at 80% to the double at 90%. Mm. Um, you're just going to have to... It's always a good time. It's a gut check. It's a gut check. Like, you are ready. You've done the 90% a couple of times. Yeah. Um, you'll be warm by then. Make sure that you're not just doing your five, three, two. You've done warm up sets, getting up to that. Um, but yeah, like I think if you don't feel ready, do a uh, do a set at at eighty five percent. But I think for most of us, we'll be good enough to do that jump from eighty to ninety percent. One of the most beneficial things I found with squatting was like not being afraid of those jumps yeah. because when it does come time yeah. to test you don't want to waste all your energy going 50 55 percent 60 65 percent 70 yeah. you want to be able to make some 100%. of those solid jumps and feel confident in them yeah you don't want to you don't want to do 25 sets you want to do 12 yeah or whatever it is yeah you want to save save all your energy for the attempts yeah. not for the build up yeah. anyway uh, after that we got two things with that yes spotting yes oh, true. yeah let's get spotting organized and two Keep all the change weights behind the rig yeah. and not in front of the rig. See, like people get a bit lazy with that, and they're like leaving like fives and two and a halves like where the bar could drop if something does go pear shaped. Yeah. So just keep on it. And keep clips, clips, uh, clips. Good. Oh yes, oh my clips. God, just please. let's keep that habit. <laughs> yeah. It's a good habit to get into. Solidify. Um, and then we have some front squats, just four sets of five at sixty-five percent. Just keeping up with that theme of front squatting twice a week. I personally am feeling the gains and now that we're squat cleaning, feeling so strong in that front squat position. Yeah. Uh, personally, I haven't felt my back squats <coughs> feeling great. Like every Monday, my back squats are kind of feeling the same every time, but my front squats and my squat clean have felt significantly better um, over the past couple of weeks. So that's got me pretty excited. Uh, and then we finished with some supersets, a tricep push down and some plate gun walks. It's probably one of my favorite exercises. Plate gun walks. Hold the plate with your arms at 90 degrees and yeah. just walk it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, like a bicep. Oh, contraction. Bicep contraction. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Pew, yeah. Pew, 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 pew. That's it. Tuesday. What's Tuesday? 
starts off with some clean pulls. So we've been doing lots of squat cleans, obviously, and we've been doing clean pulls in the extra work every week. This this week we've decided to put it in the, in the class because it's probably one of me and Greg's favorite things to coach. Mm, I love class. coaching a pull. Yeah, because like, you don't have to focus on the elbows and the catch position and did they move their feet. We're just looking at one or two things. Mm. And uh, I think a lot of the issues that happen from Olympic lifting is that first pull off the ground. And I still personally think, and this is just my opinion, that we allow people to clean and snatch from the floor too early. Yes, correct. And I, you know, I want to give them a little piece and we can always dial it back. But like, I think if you walked into a weightlifting gym, you'd be hang cleaning or hang snatching for a lot longer to make sure that there's contact and to make sure your chest is over the bar. So at least with the clean pull, we can just treat it like, you know, let's get them shoulders set. Be patient until you get to above your knees and then just give me a violent shrug. Keep it simple. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. We Like a lot of people in like with weightlifting, depending on – some people don't have great range of motion and stuff like that. So they will do lift off, a lift off, which is literally from the ground to the bottom of your knee and then back down. You practice doing that correctly and then once you get like – really solid with that you do all your hang work and then you start to put that together and you'll be doing flat-footed pulls before you do pulls onto your toes mm. like there are so many like mm. other steps that we go through to actually solidify that first position that get constantly missed when we're just wanting to achieve the lift mm. um so i love teaching pulls. maybe well. we should implement them flat-footed pulls for some people that mm. have a tendency to go onto their toes too early yeah um, and we should also make a note that that's not a scaling option. No. Just like hang hang cleans and hang snatches are not scaling options. No. They're an option for that person that's yeah. in front of us because they have this error. Yeah. Other people might have different errors. Yeah. Just want to make that clear. I love that. And then the workout. Um, we have full time, 50 cal buy-in, <coughs> followed by five rounds of six hang power cleans. Mm. Uh, RX is going to be 80 kilos and 55 kilos. Uh, 12 burpees to a target, so five rounds of the hang power cleans and the burpees, and then you have a buyout of another 50 cal at the end. I saw the girls test this one. Yeah. <coughs> did they do 50 cals? They did 50 they cals. I uh, decided everyone should <coughs> do 50 cals. Don't care. Yeah. I think the only time I feel like girls really need to scale the cals is if you're doing multiple rounds of that 15 kind of rep range and, it's, and the yeah. whole point is to be fast on that bit where yeah. here the goal is like the buy-in buy-out buy-in to get you a little tired for the middle bit and then that buy-out is like you sell your soul <coughs> and you can do that with 50 cows regardless so yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a benchmark easy. workout the goal is to stay uncomfortable yeah. for a long time yeah yeah so and i think goal was achieved or how yeah. did you feel <laughs> <laughs> yes i was uncomfortable yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, for a long time. I, uh, I think it would be interesting to see uh, the influence of the machine that people pick. Mm. Um, so we biked on both sides of the workout, and the whole workout for me was like legs. So the received position in the hang power clean, jumping from the burpee to touch my target, the whole time. Because you started on a bike? I think it is because I started on the bike. I'd love to see if I had done it on the ski, for example, whether it would have been my grip and my. Something else. And my triceps in the in the push in the push up. Well, the there's burpee. a challenge for everyone. Yeah. Try something different. Don't just use the bike. Yeah. yeah. Um, the burpees to a target is something that is 
very challenging. Super. So different to a normal burpee. <laughs> yeah. It's almost as tiring as a burpee box jump, I think. Yeah, I would nearly um, rather do a burpee <coughs> box jump because yeah. I don't have to stand up. And the, the, yeah. the yeah. looking up yeah. and jumping and physically trying to touch something yeah. was just mentally draining and it there just was more steps involved yeah. and it was just, yeah, it was just 20% harder. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't na- if you don't get it like the perfect position mm-hmm. and you land it every single time, there's always a variation, and yeah. then you're like, <laughs> and like you're reaching for it, it's annoying. I don't yeah. feel like I rested too much in this workout, but there were way too many steps in my burpees that didn't need to be there. Yeah, and I ended up being about a minute slower than Joel, just by I think my burpee speed and just like <clears throat> overcomplicating the burpee to a target. Mm-hmm. Jump in, step, step, jump, touch, step, step, jump back. Mm. And it just needs to be simpler. Mm. It's a sick workout. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a, a really good challenge. It was probably the first workout in a while where I've gone halfway through and been like, ah, I don't want to finish. This is hard. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> um, I did it with, with Joel, and we had three people watching us after they finished their workout just sitting around us in like a little circle. And it was just kind of like, ah. Like Got to finish I, it if now. If I stop now, these people are going to call me a pussy, so yeah. I, better, <laughs> I better not stop. And it was, yeah, it was just an interesting little different challenge to you. Anyway. Cool. Good. Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday is a good one. So we're looking at the really awesome, famous 21, 18, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3. What are you after, Jimmy? I might be able to help you. Oh, black one up there? Yeah. Um, 21. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. 21, Play. 8. <laughs> 21, 18, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3. We're going to do a strict handstand push up, no. strict pull up every time. So 21, 18, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3, strict pull ups. Mm. The 21, the 18, and the 15 after the strict pull ups will be handstand walking in meters. Oof. And then the. Wait. <laughs> And then the 12, 9, 6, 3 will be wall walks. Oh, so yeah. this, oh my gosh. this stems from a workout that I used to do all the time back in like 2014 and 15. It was that rep scheme. It was nose to floor handstand push-ups, wall facing. So you had to face the wall and do nose to wall, which means there was no bouncing onto the head. It was super controlled, nose to wall, press back up, and L-sit pull-ups. And so obviously you're not going to be doing them kipping and it's intended to be strength Strict. work. So we're aiming for like a 30 minute cutoff on today. And if you don't finish it, that's fine. You're probably gonna get more than enough workout doing 30 minutes worth of work. But this goal for today is about getting strong and keeping your positions obviously on the handstand walks and wall walks while under a little bit of fatigue. Yeah, um, I think that the biggest thing I'd like to talk about is just keeping your processes on those walks um so that was the thing that i found that you like the biggest thing was like that set of 12 wall walks that's a lot of reps mm. and just if you find yourself a little bit of a rhythm and knowing like oh it takes me five steps to get in and three steps to get out every single time and just concentrating on that and then every time you're at the bottom just mark the floor try not to think about oh i've still got nine reps left just like mark the floor and go one two three four five in one two three <clears> out and that's You'll process yeah. every rep and eventually you'll work your way through the, the 12 reps. Yeah. And um, remembering open standard, yeah. both feet on the wall before you can move your hands. Yeah, yeah. just try and stick to the standard. Like we're obviously not going to go and measure the lines for everyone for a class workout, but just remember the standard. You were 
X distance from the wall at the top and X distance away from the wall at the bottom. Just try and keep yourself honest. Just like if you would miss a wall ball, you would redo it. Honest, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, an no. evil laugh. Uh, I, I, think, I think that was a very interesting uh, interesting workout because we've done it heaps before with just the strict hands and push-ups and the strict pull-ups. Lots of times we've done that. Yeah. That was just a good little variation of Still being super shouldery, yeah. Um, but mainly, like the first half of the workout, personally, it was all strict pull-ups. Yeah. And then the second half, when you swapped wall walks, strict pull-ups became like a relief. Yeah. Uh, and and the wall walks became like the hard part. So, yeah. 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 Um, and also, log your scores. But I personally don't care what your time is for this one. The intention is to move really well, and mm. I'd like to see your strict pull-ups look real strict. Um, if that means you don't get through the whole amount of work, I'm completely fine with that. When people start to fall into their shoulder and try and get a bit of a rebound or trying to like swing a little bit, you're not getting the intention the, the of the work. pull-ups, the not mm -hmm. straight arm pull-ups. Yeah, it's still for time. You're still going to look at what the time is at the end, but don't stress about that. You stress about your positions in this gymnastic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, we're going to mix things up a little bit. So at, um, at uh, Red Hill, we're going to be doing some intervals on the rower so we got our famous 5k row coming up soon so we're going to aim for what we say two? two two 2k rows with a two to one rest in the middle of the two so basically you'll go in a team of three um person one will go person two and three will go after and then it's just like follow the lead are we looking at holding a 5k pace yes so the goal would be to hold a smidge uh, I think right in between your 2K and your 5K pace. So if you yeah. know your 2K pace, let's say you finish in seven minutes, and that's a, whatever that is, a 145 pace. Yeah. Uh, and your your 5K pace is a 155. You're trying to hold a 150 for the for both. 2Ks. Uh, both 2Ks. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, you don't want your second 2K to be slower than your first. I'd like your second one, if anything, to be faster. Yeah. yeah. Don't max the first one out and then Correct. die on the second. And so if people don't have a 5K pace to, to you know gauge it off what would you tell them um a, a pace that you can sustain for around 20 minutes so for me it's just past that point of being able to have a chat to someone mm. so if i was to go any slower i'd be able to have a conversation while doing it but if i was to yeah, go any faster, any faster <laughs> it is i wouldn't even be able to give one word on so, yeah. yeah good uh at Ducks fit here, we're going to do something called ducks burn i think we just might leave that for a bit of a surprise but Ooh. if you um want to know what that's all about come on in and it'll pretty much be like 50 minutes of non-stop movement um a whole bunch of core work and a, just a sweaty mess no no clock no score um it's just going to be a very hard active recovery you yes ah, let's talk about it friday uh we just did this this morning um, so on a side note, they both came in sounding like the old, like oldest men. I've never heard you two complain so much. <laughs> okay, to be fair, it was warm, and it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Still burnt fresh into their mind. I finished the workout. Four minutes later, I was in my car, driving home. I ate and then turned around and drove back in. Yeah, it was a good <laughs> um, time. We did Kelly. So uh, <clears throat> Kelly is five rounds of time of a 400-meter run, 30 box jumps, and 30 wall ball shots. We have been doing all three of these movements every week for the last five or six yeah. weeks. 
and this is the <coughs> penultimate testing of have you improved those three. So your running paces, your box jumps, as well as your wall ball shots. Hopefully these, uh, it's not that big a chunk of work that it's gonna kill you every time, but uh, it's enough. Yeah, it's enough. Um, Do you know the story of the workout, Kelly? No. Um, Tell us. So, Glassman was coaching, mm -hmm. and after after the workout, Sam was on a Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night, they were talking after the last class with the class while they were stretching, and um, they're talking about what their least favorite movements is and how ridiculous it is that people cherry pick. And then this one girl piped up, and she was like, "There's only one workout I would ever cherry pick for. If that was running, box jumps, and war balls. If that ever came up, I'm not coming the next day." And unbeknownst to her. It came um, up the very next day. <laughs> what a coincidence! Yeah, the very next day, Greg Glassman programmed a, a workout that he didn't show anyone beforehand. So he wrote it up on the whiteboard, didn't post it anyway. Yeah. Um, and it was called Kelly because her name was Kelly. Yeah. Um, and the workout was running, box jump, and wall balls for five rounds. And, Did she um, come and do it? Well, she didn't know it was on, so she rocked up, and it was Kelly the next day. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was Sucker. probably my favorite favorite CrossFit story is, That's cool. <laughs> is the story of Kelly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this. It hurt me to my very soul. Um, yeah. It's just one of those workouts where it's like you said, it's if it were three rounds, you'd be okay. But it's those extra two rounds that really test you and kind of push you to that dark place. Like you don't want to scare people off, but it's a hard workout and it never gets better. Like I got a minute and 40 seconds faster this time and I wanted to stop halfway. It hurts like, equally as much and, as the first and time he did. Greg went a little slower than last time he did, and he said, "Oh, that didn't feel any better going slower than last time." Yeah. So, mm. like, yeah. So basically, this is a great test of your mental capacity, being able to like find that little root, like that little voice that's in your head, <clears throat> tell it to shut the hell up. Mm. Yeah, keep moving. What um, did you tell us when we finished, Greg? As you're halfway through. With yeah, I um. Was going to roll his ankle? I was trying to have a conversation in my head as to like what would be a legitimate excuse to just leave it at three rounds. That's a bad train. I was like, would they believe a rolled ankle if I like, got through that? How am I going to fake that? Am I going to hobble back into the gym? Am I going to bring on some tears for this one? Like, how can I fake this? Um, but then I just kept, you know, thinking I'll just do a couple more steps and see how I felt. And then I'd walk into the gym and I'd just start my box jumps and I'm just like, at least the running's over. And yeah. then by the end of the box jumps, you're kind of over the box jumps. I'm like, well, at least I don't have to do any more box jumps. So I'm like, I'll just slowly walk outside and I'll just pick up the ball. And the, the first set of wall ball shots felt fine. Mm. And then towards the back end, you're like, oh, I'm really sick of this. And then you start running again. You're like, oh, finally I can run. And then... That's not how I feel. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, and it was very hot. It finally was very hot. I can run. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got here at one thirty, and it was 30 degrees yeah, in my car, so. No, it was a good workout. I'm really excited to watch people do this. I'm super excited to just watch a couple of people sprint because Harry Jones is going to be fun. All those people that got unbroken. Yeah, the oh, unbroken Karen ones. Those well, guys. I mean, I I did break twice, but um, it's I think the wobble shots should be close to unbroken anyway. Yeah, like the 30 each mm -hmm. time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and if you've got to take an extra 10 seconds before starting them, I'd rather you do that rather than doing 10, resting 30 seconds, and then doing 10 and then resting another 30 seconds. You're definitely going to gain a lot in this workout going unbroken on the 
Yeah. Yeah. And okay. uh, it is a tough workout, and if you want to go RX, all the credit to let's give it a good nudge. But um, scaling options would just be reduce the volume a little bit. So let's just do 20 reps every round instead of 30. If mm. you're just not up to that yet, because uh, we do want it to be under 32 minutes tops. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that's it. You want to talk about Saturday? Um, what's Saturday? The one. I think we leave that one. Like, yeah. Let's leave Saturdays. Yeah. yeah. Saturdays I'm happy to know. We still need to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. We haven't tested it yet. Oh. It always feels weird talking about the ones we haven't tested yet. So. Um, but yeah, no, that's the programming for the week. Uh, good luck <laughs> to you all. I hope um, you enjoy everybody yeah. that watches having their little inside scoop. Oh, I loved it. And a couple of people even like all week have coming in and being like, I'm really looking forward to this part this week. And then everyone else in the class who didn't listen mm. was like, oh, well, how do you know what's coming up? And well, little Easter eggs. So there you go. Better listen, hey? Um, speaking of training in the heat, what do you guys recommend for people that <coughs> just really struggle and can't get a spot in front of the fan or can't get a spot in front of the door? Um, personally, for me, I think it is not so much trying to keep myself cool, <coughs> but keeping the sweat off my hands, out of my eyes. So like in peak summer, I wear a headband. I wear sweatbands, mm-hmm. I have a towel, and I never wear a shirt. Because mm. I always, wearing that wet shirt always makes me feel pretty claustrophobic. And, <clears throat> and then not having the sweatbands makes the sweat drip onto my hands. And I think for me, that's, that's the most important part is re- reducing the reasons for me to feel bad. Because like, the more things there are getting in the way of your workout, the more you're going to be like, oh, it's so hot, this sucks. Like, mm. yes, it sucks, it's hot for everyone. Um, wear some sweatbands that'll stop you needing to feel bad about the sweat on your hands when you're doing the pull-ups. Wear a sweatband that keeps the keeps the sweat out of your eyes. Uh, the other thing is, if you don't absolutely need to wear your knee sleeves, don't mm. because knee sleeves are hot as balls, and keeping them on during a hot workout is always a, a bad idea. In my opinion. You know what you should do? Put a couple of electrolytes in your water. Yeah. If you know that you got like a big workout coming up, like a, a Kelly, for example, mm-hmm. and it's going to be hot, put some electrolytes in your water. Even the day before, have yeah. some electrolytes. Make sure you're super hydrated. I know some girls training in tights can be really hard. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the more hydrated you are, the better you can regulate your body temperature. So that's a really big thing for me. I don't personally struggle with heat too much, like yeah, in a work. Unless that. I'm in out on the field in direct sun, I'm normally yeah, pretty okay. Usually my head getting fried by yeah. the sun that's the problem. Um, but for me, it's just if I'm dehydrated, mm-hmm. I will die. I will crumble into a bag of poo and I will die. <laughs> like I just can't. Yeah. I can't stay together if I'm not hydrated. <laughs> The bag of poops on fire again, Ted. <laughs> Don't put me. it out with your boots. That's me. Maybe you haven't seen Happy Gilmore. No, I've definitely seen that. <clears throat> Billy Madison, sorry. Um, I would suggest um, this is the difference between maybe a gym junkie and a athlete is the athlete's going to think about the prep that they need to do for the day after. So like you said, you you fill your drink up with electrolytes the day before so you're ready you know, to bring that in. Um, you bring your, your sweatbands in because you're preparing for it to be warm and um, 
you know, there, there's some little things that an athlete would do. Like they'd pack their bags the day before. They'd know, they'd check the weather and they'll be like, yeah, it's going to be a hot one today. Be prepared. Um, I find um, making sure you're hydrated well before the workout starts. Mm. So, that, And that happens the night before. Yeah, so not you, 20 you minutes heaps before. of water at night time and then you have a big glass of water when you wake up and you, you're preparing for this really hard workout that's coming up at whether you train at 5 p.m. or 5 a.m., you're preparing for that 24 hours beforehand. Yeah. And I find that um, – <clears throat> I, I don't do this very often, but like your head – you know, that's the thing that kind of like feels like it's the hottest sometimes. Mm -hmm. So by just having like, you take your shirt off and you put it underwater and you just like lay it on the back of your head or across your neck or just squeeze it over your head, that releases so much heat out of your body. Yeah. Taking your shoes off as well when you can <clears throat> um, after the workout or mm -hmm. maybe. Well, shoes off shoes after off workout. That's yeah. a, I like Feet, that one. head, hands. Yeah. Yeah. Cool them off and mm. um, your whole body will thank you. And, and maybe then, gentles as well. But and I then make sure you have your fit. Make sure yeah, you have, have a fit, eh? Always have a fit, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. I think one thing I do want to talk about is not drinking too much water mid-workout. Oh. Because that's going to be a problem because that water is actually not busy hydrating you in the workout. <coughs> Unless you're working out for two hours, which yeah. is 99.9% .9 of the time we're not working out for two hours. So drinking four bottles of water in the middle of the workout, all it's going to make you do is feel sick, feel slightly lightheaded because you've got all the sloshing around in your stomach. So just like beforehand and afterwards After. is the important part. Not during. You don't need that sip of water every two minutes <coughs> in your in your AMRAP. So. I got like one of the main, when I first started CrossFit, I remember one of the first things that my coach at the time, and he was like a Nazi, He was at the time he said to me, he was like, you think you need water in the middle of that workout and you do not. All mm -hmm. you're doing is making excuses to stop instead of working hard. Not wrong. Well, it's the same with chalk as well half yeah. the time. Yeah. You probably don't need the chalk, but it's your comfort. Yeah. I actually have found a <clears throat> huge difference in watching my workouts where I used to use the chalk as like a reason to stop. Mm. And I've, I think we've spoken about this before. I've made the conscious decision not to chalk in workouts. Yeah. And... 99% of the time you start working out, you're like, oh, didn't need that chalk, and now I'm four reps ahead of Joel because he chalked and I didn't. Yeah. Same thing with the water. I mean, this is if you care about winning, but I think just it's good for you and your workout to just stay away from the water uh, in the middle of the workout. Drink it beforehand, drink it afterwards, just in the workout, respect the workout. And the reality you're is not gonna die. you're not going to die of dehydration in 20 minutes. No. So you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, when we're training in the heat and just training in general, another really big component of all of that stuff that I think is included in getting yourself ready for big training sessions is your recovery. So I think this is one of nutrition and recovery are two things to me, in my opinion, that go really under the radar mm -hmm. a lot. Um, <clears throat> and... It's not something that you can just do a once a month or you can just do, you know, every six months or like a oh, massage. Or, yeah. So I'm going to start doing recovery fit until my knee stops hurting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, it's not like a spot treatment when yeah. something bad comes up, you do all of the right things and then you stop when you're mm -hmm. good again. Um, it's the best athletes I've found know how to recover as well. Mm. And knowing what to recover, I mean, obviously, if you've got extreme DOMS, you're like, well, I've got to target that area. But um, identifying 
um, where you get tight over the course of the week. And if it's like your shoulders hold a lot of tension, uh, maybe you've got poor posture, maybe your shoulders rolled forward and you just need to sort of like, yeah. I was like, what? You just need, some people need to trigger their chest and under their clavicle and into their subscap more than others need to really target their hips because they sit down a lot all day. So, you know, like for those that are, you know, putting on them really sexy, you know, like leg, whatever they're called, um, and sitting boots. in the compression boots yeah. where they've got really bad overhead mobility, yeah. maybe they need to sway their recovery in a different direction. And yeah, it can be as simple as a ball in the pec every day. I think it's like not just doing certain things because that's what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. It's actually take the time to listen to what your body's telling you. Yeah. Are you tight through your upper back? Mm-hmm. Are you tight through your lower back? Like, is it coming from yeah. your hamstrings, your glutes, your hips? Like all of those things and paying attention to that and staying on top of it because prevention um, is <coughs> being able to manage and like maintain and all of those yeah. things right now and not letting it get to the point where mm. you are injured and it's too late. Yeah. I think for me, rest days are so important. So I rest every Sunday. I don't do any training ever. Mm. And it sets me in such good stead because we usually have a pretty okay Monday, but then Tuesdays and Wednesdays are huge. And if I don't rest Sundays, I am dead by mm. the time Wednesday comes around. And then probably every third week, I don't do any training so, on a Thursday either. Just to clarify, a rest day for you is you don't set foot in the gym. I do not do any exercise whatsoever. I don't go a, for a run. That's a full rest day. Yeah, I don't go for a run. I, at most, will go for a walk. With the dogs or something. Yeah, like I will, I will not even think about the gym and I will eat lots of food. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that works really well for me is having that like compulsory rest day every every uh, Sunday and then Thursdays are rest days as well in, in terms of I don't do anything, any load bearing <coughs> whatsoever. So if I train, it's an active recovery session, mm-hmm. get sweaty, conversational pace most of the time, but 50% of the time I don't train on Thursdays either. And I think I saw a huge improvement in my fitness mm. Just listening to my body by being like, okay, I feel banged up, it's Thursday, I don't need to train today. Mm. And I think you could say the same on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Lots of people coming in for double sessions, yeah? Yeah. You do not have to do that double session. That double session is not going to make you better if you are feeling banged up. Because all you're doing on that second session is putting yourself off. Now, Wednesday, you're not going to come in because you're so sorry you can't move. Thursday, you're not going to come in. And then Friday, you're going to try and do three sessions to try and catch up. And it's just... You've wasted your week. You're better off missing. Like, yes, we've got an awesome program with lots of bits in it. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you have to do all those bits all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also just comes down to, like, your lifestyle and the time that you have available. Like, mm-hmm. if you work a big job, like, training twice a day is not feasible for you and it's only going to add stress to your life. Mm-hmm. That's what I think a lot of people forget. And, I mean... I've only ever done an eight-month period of my life where I trained twice a day for three days out of the week, and I'll never do that ever again. I became more efficient, and I put more intention into the sessions that I was at the gym in my single session, and I made them more worth it, and 
tried a lot harder and made sure I was getting through things in an appropriate amount of time and not wasting my time in the gym. And that was always way better for me and my recovery than ever doing double days. And was. I think always like if you feel good and you really want to go in with your friend and do that second session, do it. But listen to your body. It's overkill doing it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday I don't do much exercise. I usually come in and train train a little bit if I clean the gyms because I feel like I'm in the gym anyway and I'll like I'll just pick up some dumbbells and do like a massive little bodybuilding set. Ten of these, ten of these, ten of these, ten of these. Yeah. And I do that three times before I pick up the vacuum cleaner and start vacuum cleaning. Yeah. Um I find that I'm actually worse on Monday if I do absolutely nothing if that nothing looks like sitting down all day. Yeah. And I don't tend to do that because I, you know, do the coffee shop in the morning and then I clean the gyms and I'm pretty active. So I have found that, you know, on them odd days where I lay on the couch and then I sit down and then I go watch a movie, I'm just like, my hips just jam up and I'm like, I really should have just done something to go to the park and walk and, yeah. you know, walk with the dogs or stay active but don't do exercise. I try and make, like, if I'm, if there's a day where I've, like, not done any training, because I'm the same, I get start to get a little bit stiff. I just make sure that whenever I'm sitting down watching TV, I take 10 minutes each time or whatever it is every now and then and I'll do 10 minutes of stretching yeah. in front of the TV so I don't feel like yeah. a bag of dicks. I need to do the opposite of this where my hips are closed. <laughs> I just need to have my hips open and uh, this looks really weird but <laughs> you know, like that just helps so much if you're just holding this position for five minutes yeah. every 30 minutes yeah. um, rather than just... You know, it feels fine at the time, and then you try and stand up, and you just sound like an old man getting up. I think the, the lesson is, though, also that it is different for everyone. Mm. But <clears throat> rest is super important across the board. You can't of it, you can't get better. Go all the time. You can't get better. You go and die. Yeah. yeah. But and and rest is relative as well to, you know, like we we put in a lot of intensity into our training, mm. and then we'll we'll see other people that maybe they're doing. A double day and you're like man if I did a double day I'd be wrecked yeah how are you doing it but then you look at their intensity and they're like well they didn't do 150 pull-ups as well no. or they they're not squatting as heavy as, as us yeah and so there's that fine line between like forcing people to rest when they probably don't need it yeah. and not discouraging them from being like you're not allowed in the gym today yeah, I no, still you know and so we, we need to remember people's level of intensities mm -hmm. are different but you know if you're doing crazy shit and you know not you know. If you're walking into the gym for five days straight, going, I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm yeah. So it's, it's the language that you need yeah. to hear from people, and, yeah. and their body language and what they're saying is like when they're saying that, yeah. then there's a red flag. Yeah. But if they're feeling good and looking good, you yeah. know, Let's all the good to them. But is the most yeah. Part. And eating food. Um, and there's some things that we need to have conversations. Is like I like to do that in the warm ups. It's like, hey, how are you feeling? Mm. What's going on? Are you, you know, you're looking a little bit you ginger today. Yeah. You seem a little sore, you know. They're doing it's it's, it's them little questions. Like, it's them little questions on? that yeah. lead into very big conversations yeah. about their holistic training yeah. views, and not just like, "All right, let's hit it hard today." Yeah. Yeah, you've poked your shoulder six, six times since you walked. Yeah, yeah like, I see a lot of that. Walking in like this, and you're like, "Oh my yeah. neck!" And you're just like, "Hey, what's going and on?" And a here? lot of a lot of CrossFitters are kind of like tuned to try not to talk about it too much, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, it's no pain, no gain," you know. Like, ah, I just, I really want to do this. Um, I really want to do this RX and I'm, I'm not, not talk about how sore my leg is, you know. Mm. So asking questions is really important for coaches. I think um, 
in all of that, one of the main things that is big takeaway as well is it's like recovery doesn't come down to laying in the boots and Mm -hmm. getting massage every week and, you know, seeing your chiro every week. While those things are important Mm -hmm. and they are beneficial in the long run for your training, um, if if you can, in the short (laughs) run, listen to your body and manage all of those things, you can postpone or delay the need for all of that Mm -hmm. other stuff substantially. Yeah. And... All of those things that we just spoke about, they're all free. They don't cost mm-hmm. any money. Sitting in front of the couch, sitting in front of the TV for 15 minutes at nighttime after you've eaten dinner, watching the TV and stretching, that's free. Mm-hmm. But that might... You're sitting there anyway, right? <laughs> exactly. That, but that might save you, you know, six months worth of treatment mm-hmm. in the long run, whatever it might be. So I think that's another thing. Like, do you think eating healthy on your days off or getting the right nutrition is going to aid with your recovery, soreness? I cannot emphasize this enough. And this is such a industry standard that has been created. For those that are listening and can't see this, she looks like she's livid right now. She wants to cry. <laughs> it, you know why? Because of the amount of women and men as well that have come up to me and they're like, yeah, you know, like I just feel like shit all the time. I sleep really badly. You know, my training feels like it's like really, really hard at the moment. You know, you know, I, I want to lose a couple of kilos. And I'm like, okay, how much are you eating? <clears throat> and basically you have a baseline of what you should eat. And everybody's different depending on your age, your height, you know, your activity level, all of those things. You have a baseline requirement of caloric intake for your body to maintain and survive itself. Like if you were to lay in a coma all day and do mm-hmm. nothing, nothing, you're just breathing to stay alive. You have a baseline caloric intake that you need to just make sure nothing changes. Mm. I would say 98% of people eat about 50% below that line. So, But shit food because it fills them up or? Combination of both. I think people think that healthy food has to be really complicated, and it doesn't. It's actually the polar opposite. Healthy is normally the most simple option that you can think of. It can sometimes feel boring, and that's where we get carried away with these, like, you know, coconut slash treat things, and you lose sight of the fact that you've put half a jar of coconut oil in that, and that's, like, 1,700 calories, and you're eating four pieces of it a day. and we're not managing that. But the main thing is is that we have a baseline of what we need to eat. 50% of people are eating below that. And most don't even know what that is mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And then, the, and then the problem on top of that is when you're eating below that, your metabolism suffers. And then you go and Saturday, Sunday, you have 17 beers, four burgers, eight packets of chips. Mm. And so you're, you're weak, you're under eating, and then during the weekend, you're overeating by so much because your body's begging for some nutrition. It's trying to recover. Um, and uh, that's why people struggle to lose weight. But also, what ends up happening, right? Everyone's like, but you've got to be in a deficit to lose weight. Correct. You do need to be in a deficit to lose weight. But if you've been eating at a deficit so severely under your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, for longer than, I want to say, four weeks... Your metabolism starts to suffer and then all of a sudden 1600 calories becomes your basal metabolic rate so you stop losing weight 
you stop getting improvements in your training and your sleep because now this is how your body regulates itself and it used to be 2,400 calories, right? So you've put yourself in such a severe deficit mm -hmm. that now if I needed you to lose weight, I've got to put you at 1,200 calories and you may as well kill yourself <laughs> because no one wants to eat 1,200 calories a day. 99% of people, especially women, should be eating over 2,000 calories. And when I tell them that, they look at me and go, what? Two, I've never eaten that much in my life. And that is terrifying because then on top of your BMR, right, that's what you maintain being in a coma, on top of that, you then exercise, you breathe, you walk, you live. So all of a sudden, you're here, you're feeding yourself 1,600 calories, and then you spend all day doing stuff, and you drop it so far down that you're burning double that 1,600 calories, you may as well not eat. I mean, like, correct. The and the damage that that does long-term specifically for women is hormonal issues you have sleeping issues men your testosterone levels will drop these are all things that are affected by your nutrition and not taking it seriously i'm not saying you have to sit there and track every calorie and like be super strict and not enjoy yourself that's not true i eat ice cream every night like i eat ice cream every night so it's about finding balance, balance and actually what specifically works for you but if you don't do those things in the long run, everything else outside of that will suffer. So do you think that people aren't eating enough because they're eating the wrong foods that fill them up in a different way? Like are they eating yeah. too dense foods or processed foods? I think kind of like people go for what's easy. So they'll grab like <clears throat> a My Muscle Chef meal. While it is an awesome alternative, if you're eating four of them a day, the quality of that food it's a frozen meal it's got preservatives in it it's designed to it's be something the cheapest oils the cheapest food they can find and nutrient value when it comes to your body and how it absorbs things is like king so you'd rather not change how much you're eating but change what you're eating yes yeah, yeah. so if you can start by eating more vegetables eating more like like high-grade meats and stuff like that, not hot chickens from Coles. I did that on Friday and got food poisoning. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like actually spending time like cooking your food, being part of that pro – like knowing exactly what yeah. you're eating mm -hmm. instead of just being like, I'm just going to get this packet of something. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what's in that. Yeah. You don't know what they've put in it. Often crammed with sodium to make it taste <coughs> good shitty versions of oils or butters or whatever it is to make it more satiating for you mm -hmm. and it's just never the solution yeah. i would put a challenge out to say that it would be hard to be overweight if you cooked everything yes and i'm like all right you're allowed to have dessert you're allowed to have ice cream you're allowed to yeah, have but you have to make brownies but you have to make it mm. and then then they see the process but you have to make everything else as well. So you have to make your own breakfast and your own lunch and your own dinner mm. from real really, vegetables, really, really something that comes out of the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's very, very easy to get the processed stuff now and the packaged stuff, but you can't get overweight if you cook 
everything that you put in your mouth. And do you know what it also does? You go, holy fuck, I didn't realize there was that much butter in this. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You go, holy shit, I didn't realize that, you know, I was eating this much pasta yeah. or whatever it is. It makes you very aware yeah. of the things that you're putting For into me, your body. The sauces, like the mayo that I put on my bread mm. or the extra t- like barbecue sauce that I squirt on top of the pasta that I'm eating. Whatever well, I found is. there was a lot of sodium and stuff mm-hmm. that because we're doing the, yeah. the my fitness pal my fitness pal and I'm like why is my sodium off the charts mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I thought I'm eating really good foods um, is there any like little tips that you guys can give in the form of like how you can make this process easier so like let's just say it's like a quick little breakfast or a quick little lunch or a quick little dinner mm. that you can make yourself or any tips in the kitchen that just you know stop you from just getting Uber Eats for me I just thought like having uh, air fryer it's been like the best thing I've ever bought because mm-hmm. I air fry so, everything yeah. and my broccoli now tastes like chips <laughs> yum <laughs> it is so good yeah. I don't have an air fryer but I really want one because I've heard nothing but great things one from Aldi great. you yeah. just put anything in it and, and it, it just is great and we don't have an oven even so mm. it's just like everyone's just like oh just oven all your vegetables and stuff and I'm like well I don't have four hours to do that yeah and an air fryer is just like the best thing yeah, that we've true. ever used. Yeah. Listen, I, for me, I have like, my biggest meal is always my dinner. Um, and I put, a, we always put a lot of effort into our dinners. Um, so we always have like really good salads and we have a whole bunch of different stuff or we'll cook a bunch of mm-hmm. like, and it's when we have the most time to make that stuff. What type of salad dressings are you using? Um, I We don't really use a lot of salad. No, if we do, it's... <laughs> Balsamic vinegar, a bit of honey, a bit of um, mustard, uh, n- not American mustard, not the hot one, um, Dijon. Dijon mustard, a bit of Dijon mustard, a bit of honey, a bit of balsamic vine- vinegar and a bit of olive oil. Shake it up, like just in a, a little container like this, mm-hmm. you only need, and it'll cover the whole salad. Mm-hmm. And that tiny little amount is like, I don't know, like 150 calories. But if I got a bottle mm, and, and I just went yeah. <laughs> like this, yeah. it's that's 300 calories it's in like salad putting dressing. Cheese on broccoli. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, it's keeping the meals during the day as easy as possible. Yes, yeah, simple. For me, that's like I've got my little microwave rice, mm. I've got my can of tuna, and that's what I eat every day mm. at X time, half past eight. Yeah. Half past eight every day, I eat my rice and tuna because if I don't eat that, I'm going to wait till one o'clock to eat my first meal. And just giving yourself the process of something it's like, yes, I'm sacrificing quality of rice by buying the microwave rice. But you're not. Rice is rice. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, whatever. It's got some preservatives in it which you won't get in, in cooked, cooked rice. rice. But that's a rice very small rice, part. But just taking your, yeah, making it as easy as possible, giving yourself as few possible escape routes as possible. Yeah. Like it's tasty, it's easy to make. And it takes me one minute to eat. Yeah. And that's what works for me the best, is having two or three of those kinds of meals. And then, again, I eat my big meal that I love cooking. Mm, at the end, at of, the the day. end of the day. Yeah. I think in order to have success when it comes to nutrition, it's not about sacrificing everything <clears throat> that you love. It's about compromising. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times where you have to have things that aren't exactly super interesting, but they're really good for you. Yeah. And there are going to be opportunities where you can sit down with your family and have this big, amazing meal and it be okay because the other 90% of the time, you've done the right thing. Yeah. It's when we go, 
oh, I need this to be yeah. happy. I need, and it's like, it's not about that. It's about finding joy in, you know, eating used to be such a, um, a social thing. Mm-hmm. It's where people got together, they spent time together. It was, and that's what, when you should enjoy your food the most mm-hmm. is in those social settings. Yeah. Well, it's like alcohol. Like you celebrate something. It's like, oh, I'm at a wedding. I'll have a drink. I'm going to have three beers. Yeah. Um, oh, it's Tuesday night and I've had a shit day. I'm going to have three beers. Mm. It's like, it's like a comfort thing. Yeah. Um, but don't be that guy that goes to a party with his packet of nuts next to him, you know, like, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm, I'm on this bloody, yeah. you know, get fit diet. Um, it's not about that. Appreciate the good things in life. <laughs> and when you do go to a wedding, have a beer or mm. eat that cake. And then for the next six days, mm. go and eat your fuel. You know? have, don't have your oats yourself. with protein. Just go back to have your yeah. yogurt, have your berries, have yeah. your nuts, there's, have all of that stuff. There's no need to make up for what you did on the weekend. It's just get it right. Get it most right. Most of the time. 90% of the time. Yeah. And then the other 10% of the time really won't matter. And you know what? You'll feel so much better mentally mm-hmm. because <laughs> you can sit there and actually enjoy what you're doing instead of feeling guilty about food that you're putting into your mouth. Yeah. Because you've done everything else right. Mm-hmm. And that was a really big learning curve for me, especially working with women, is getting people to understand that even though we feel emotionally attached to food, it's not, emo- it's not an mm-hmm. emotional thing. And you have to find the joy in it when you get to have those celebrations or when it's a, an important thing or you're spending time with people that you love. But, time but if you're training mm-hmm. and you want to look a certain way or you want to have a certain body composition everything outside of those really special moments should be aiming you towards that goal yep. and it's it's there are still points along the way where you can enjoy yourself and make compromises but ultimately 90% of the time you should just be kind of working towards that place you have a choice yeah every single time yeah and it's like you walk into the gym you, you can make a choice you can make the choice to have a shit day and you know quit halfway through Kelly or you can make a choice to just keep grinding Mm. and Mm. every time it's time to eat hopefully you've prepared something earlier and you're not making a bad choice when you're hungry yeah but make the right decision before something goes into your mouth yeah I always try to not make food when I'm hungry yeah (laughs) make food portion sizes man holy shit Yeah. yeah it's I think like like anything, like your training, the more that you can plan ahead, uh, the better position it's going to put you in. So for people who are tracking food, I always say, put your big meals in first. So put your dinner in first because they're like, oh, I've got to eat what my family's eating. I'm like, that's fine. Put, it put, in. It in, put your dinner in first and then, and then make everything else work around yeah. that. Or, you know, put your breakfast in first, make everything else work around that. Do it the night before. Mm-hmm. Not the morning of, not that day. Plan the night before when you're sitting in bed and you're fucking scrolling on Instagram. <coughs> take five minutes and plan for the next day. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, have a fit aid. Have a fit aid. Make it yourself. <laughs> <laughs>